Welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrat. If you're in need of a sideline replay system, check out GameStrat. They have the fastest sideline replay system on the market and provide 24-7 support. And their system can be used with multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. I know Coach Rodriguez uses it at East Bay and it helped them with a winning season last season. We at Lafayette are excited this upcoming season to use it and to put it to good use on our sidelines. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. So go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore. Again, check them out on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. to the Mesh Point Podcast. We've got a special guest with us today, Coach Kelly Lee with Eastern New Mexico University. Coach, welcome to the program. Thank you. Excited to be on. Yeah, man. Um, I, I've got a couple questions here. We'll, we'll start out here. Um, it's great to have you on this episode, and uh, maybe you could start out with giving us some of your background on uh, where you're from and where you played and kind of, you know, your coaching journey. Sure. I, I grew up on the sidelines. My dad was a high school coach. Um, he's in the New Mexico High School Coaches Hall of Fame. He's in the National High School Coaches Hall of Fame. So I think about third grade, I started taking stats on the sideline. Uh, or uh, third grade, I was the ball boy. But about fifth grade, I was doing the stats and, and uh, been going to all the camps and, and two-a-days ever since I was a little kid tagging along. So um, grew up in a coaching family, you know, played football in high school. Um, ended up playing at a Division two school in Western New Mexico. Played quarterback there, and then uh, uh, was a graduate assistant actually here at Eastern New Mexico, where I'm at now, and uh, a few other places from there. I, I coached a little high school ball, and get back home, and shoot the consequences. Coached for my father. Uh, I coached then. I went on New Mexico Military Institute, junior college. Coached there. Uh, from there, I moved on to uh, uh, Midland Lutheran College in Nebraska in the high school. Uh, then I was back in New Mexico, uh, head football coach, athletic coordinator at Valencia High School. Uh, and then I came over here to Eastern as a uh, as an offense coordinator and uh, eventually became the head coach. Um, and I've been running the triple option ever since I learned it as a graduate assistant from Harold Bud Elliott in 2000 here at Eastern New Mexico. And ever since I left, I've been an OC or the head coach calling the plays. So um, we've got 18 years doing it. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, Coach, um, you recently went up to Alaska for the annual football camp uh, that's up there, and, and uh, you were even able to bring up your family uh, there to Alaska we saw on, on Twitter and, and stuff. Uh, can yeah. you talk about your involvement with that camp and then also about your experience you had with your family up there in Alaska? Yeah, that's a good time now, as you know, um, as you were up there too, having a good time with us. That's a, a unique camp because what they do is the high schools bring their players, and then they, they look for – 
college coaches or high school coaches that run those schemes that those coaches are looking to run. So every team will usually get a, an offensive guy and a defensive guy to help them implement those schemes. And if they bring a lot of kids, the, the guy running the camp might get them a third coach, you know. So um, that's how I was able to get into it. Uh, school North Pole High School was looking to install the flex phone. And uh, Colby Carto, who's in our conference, has been going up there, recommended us and got in on that. And kind of how you were able to get in this year. Yeah. You know? and, and it's a unique deal because you get to go up and, of course, we coach an offensive defense position and do that stuff, but we get to, to work with the school and kind of help them and watch them in the scrimmages and, and, uh, and, and those things. And, and for us, it's a benefit because we're able to recruit too. Um, so we picked up some players from Alaska. And then uh, luckily this year my family came up a week after and we went to the RV, traveled around, and, and uh, got to see all the, all the things that uh, I've seen in my last few years, but my kids I have not seen yet. Man, that's great. I mean, I heard you guys even went fishing, you know? Yeah, we went fishing. I went with old Darren Wilkins from Texas A&M Kingsville, and we went out halibut fishing. We didn't do very good. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we didn't. But the next day, he, he flew out and did some trout fishing the next uh, the next day, and he did real good. We got to do a little fishing the day, the day before the camp started, too. We were able to catch some nice rainbows out on uh, out on Talkeetna area, and that was a lot of fun. Well, I tell you, man, that's that was an amazing one of my favorite experiences of my lifetime. I really appreciate uh, you giving me that recommendation. That my eyes were just in awe the whole time, just driving around, just seeing those sights. I'm from Florida, so it's just flat, yeah, flat as far yeah. as you can see, you know. And uh, we're on the practice field, and there's mountains with snow caps on top. You know, that's that was just amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's hard to. It's hard. Sometimes it's so beautiful up there. You know, it, it looks fake. Yeah, um, it's a really a unique place. I love it up there. We're we're eating reindeer hot dogs and <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't eat it from one mile. That's my bucket list meal, man. If I was if I was kicking the bucket, I might have to give me a reindeer dog. Man, they're they're good. I'm telling you. All right, here we go, Coach. Uh, Coach, you've done a great job at Eastern New Mexico, uh, creating uh, the ground strike identity, right? Yes, sir. And uh, you guys are scoring a bunch of points out there. Can you talk a little bit about your offensive attack in regards to uh, why you chose the triple option? Why do you go with the triple option? Well, with the triple option, when I was a graduate assistant, I, I, I was in charge of, uh, you know, breaking down the plays. It's before we had computers that did all that. So I had to sit there with a pen and pencil and a calculator and, and do that from game to game. And at the end of the year, I was doing the deal. And we, we ran some plays, and we were, like, second in the nation in rushing. And we ran, like, some double ISO plays some power, like old power. And we, when I broke those down, we averaged like one yard of play on that stuff, two yards of play. The same year, we ran the option, the triple option, 200 times and averaged 7.8 yards per play. And that always stuck with me because we weren't necessarily good enough to line up and run the ball right out of defense and get more than a yard of play. But as soon as we ran the triple option, double teams of people, turn some people loose, let the quarterback read them, we could average almost eight yards of play and lead the nation in Russia. We were very successful, nationally ranked. And uh, I kind of always said, hey, hey you know, I'm, I need to really invest in this and learn this because not everywhere I'm going to coach, I'm going to always be on a level playing field. Um, and I, I, at that time, I didn't know that I was going to always be a triple option guy. But um, that's kind of why I knew the value of it. I knew I needed to learn more and grow in it. And as I moved on, I, I – you know, I was in one of those situations and ran it. And the more I did it, the more I learned of it, I, I realized that it, it, it was a great offense because it's an offense. It makes the defense balance up. It makes the defense play you honest. And, uh, you know, you have it packaged. So if they do something to take away one thing, 
it usually opens up something else for you. And it gives you a chance to always be successful and put your kids in a great situation. And, and uh, I've, ever, I've, ever been, I've been in it ever since. Uh, that's great stuff, Coach. Uh, talk, talk a little bit now about, uh, about how you guys stress the passing game, maybe a little bit more than other flexbone teams out there do. Yeah, man, it might come from my old days as a quarterback in uh, the old uh, BYU system uh, that was uh, came out with Lavelle Edwards and before uh, before how mommy made it to air raid. That's kind of what I ran in college. But no, I just think that for us, we we don't really care how we move the ball, and uh, and I, I feel like we're pretty balanced because we can beat you with the run or the pass. You know, obviously our calls aren't going to be balanced, and necessarily even our yards because. We are going to always rush for a lot more yards. But our, a lot of our big plays, our explosive plays, plays that the people in our conference fear are our pass plays off of what we do. And, uh, and we, we try to make a point that we want to throw the ball on our terms, but we're not just going to – we're going to do that. You know, we're going to throw on first down. We're going to throw to start a series. If the defense is giving us something on the passing game, we're going to throw the ball. And, uh, and we feel like we can execute the passing game really well, particularly if we can protect it. And a lot of protecting it's throwing it in our terms when the defense isn't geared up to pass rush. And uh, so we just think of it as part of the, the offense. You know, we have the run, just like you have a counterplay in the run. A lot of our stuff is the pass. If they're screwing down a safety or, or uh, you know, firing a corner and they're leaving something open, we need to take advantage of that. We just we operate with that mentality. I remember getting to listen to you at uh, Dallas this year a little bit. You're like, you know, you see these flexbow teams that are – uh, scared to death to throw the ball. And I even wrote a quote down, just throw the damn ball. Just because you're great at the other stuff. You know, I taught, I taught uh, junior high PE, you know, and, and you, you kids get out there and they can throw it and they can catch it. You know what I mean? And when they're six and seven, and probably a lot younger age now. I mean, they grow up doing that. You know what I mean? So if the defense is going to let us be wide open, throw it and catch it. You know, it's not hard. You know, I'm, we don't have to be the most sophisticated, you know, team passing wise. But if they're they're overcommitting, we're gonna let a guy run open. We need to throw it. We need to catch it. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff, man. All right, coach. Uh, me and Matt, um, we get a lot of questions from young coaches, new coaches to the triple, um, asking about the how to get the ball to the slots, um, other than just that third phase pitch phase. Sure. Um, you know, for example, I think in Dallas, you mentioned you guys. Uh, run a little bit of fly sweep, maybe as an yeah. example. Yeah. What are some Several other ways, ways that you can get the uh, slot the ball? Yeah, and that's always a deal because uh, one, it used to be a bigger deal for us. Now one of the best things we do is sometimes if you've got a good running back that you're thinking he needs to get the ball more, we just play him at fullback. There you, you know, go. <laughs> you can't get the ball. You don't care how big he is. We're a Division two school. We played with a 165-pound fullback. Because, but um, no, that that's always an issue because you don't want to take those guys out of the game because a lot of times they're explosive playmakers. Uh, one thing we do is we still run the fly sweep. We've gotten away from it for a while. Ran it early in my career a lot, and then we had the quick pitch, the the rocket sweep as well. And and we kind of for a while we felt like what well, you didn't need both. Um, but when, you know you get those teams triggering those force players, those corners, those front safeties hard, and they kind of blowing up that toss sometimes. That's actually counterproductive to trying to stop the fly sweep because the fly sweep will duck underneath all that and, and let That's that true. guy get turned up real fast. So what we kind of found is if we're having a hard time running the toss, we could usually run the fly sweep. Vice versa, if the team's stopping the fly, we could probably get them out flanked and run the toss. 
So we've kind of looked at those two plays as an answer if a defense has taken another one away. And it gives, gives that running back another way to carry the ball. You know, the, the pursuit angle for the linebackers is different. Even though it's an outside play and the perimeter blocking is usually identical, the pursuit angle where the ball is, it's different. And, uh, and it's another way. Um, we, we run the, the counter, the GT counter to our slots, um, put that back in again. A lot of stuff we've run, we get away from, we put it back in. Yeah. Uh, we put that back in a couple years ago, and I don't know why we ever got away from it. Um, um, main thing is we were getting smaller up front, so we were running some counter isos and stuff, and that stuff was getting tougher because you're asking guys to base block. So we said, why not pull our quick linemen? Um, that's been really good for us, the GT counter. Um, we will trap. We run. We run influence trap to our to our pullback, our B back. But we'll we'll trap to the slot. Um, we've done that a little bit. We saw Kennesaw State doing a lot of that this year, um, having success. So we worked on that quite a bit this spring, and that's something that we'll be doing this year is running a little bit more of that with our slots. Um, and, and that enables you to, you know, you can use that pullback in a lot of ways. He can decoy the other way, or he can he can uh, go in motion the other way. Or he can go motion to it depending on how they're playing you, uh, those things. And then we still run a counter eye, so particularly against 4-3 teams. And you get a lot of that 4-3 with that deep mic. Um, we feel like our center can get to the mic and we'll let that, that slot motion and ISO up on that, that, that play side linebacker and run the old counter ISO, wishbone, counter ISO that, you know, and we'll even get the bone and run some, but mostly we're running out of the flex bone. But those are some of the ways we look to get our guys the ball. And then we'll throw them the ball too, obviously. Um, and, and, and bubble screens and stuff like that. But I think the first thing you always want to do, I always say, is how can we pitch them the ball? Because, you know, a lot of times that pitch guy is, you know, is, is taking it away on our normal option. So then can we run speed option? Can now we pitch off the end and arc the guy who's taking it? Because that's a great way to get our slots and balls, just to run speed option, pitch off the end. Uh, and then there's other times we've been able to do some things, maybe with belly option, some things like that that'll – you know, we run a lot of belly. Those, those guys know that they've got pitch, but they, we run enough belly, they start sucking in on belly, and before they know it, we're able to pitch off of them. Even though they know they, they're assigned to take pitch, they want to play that belly too, and then they see the quarterback, so they take the quarterback. So sometimes finding other ways to pitch off of them other than maybe our base stuff, um, that's been a good way to help get the slots of ball as well. Oh, that's a, that's a bunch of great suggestions there, Coach. That's, appreciate that. Um, one, one other thing I want to talk about, which is me and you actually um, talked a little bit about it at camp, is uh, uh, zone triple. Um, yeah. I wanted you to kind of uh, talk a little bit about um, why you guys will uh, jump into the gun and, and run a little bit of that zone triple. I, I liked uh, what you were saying there up at camp. Yeah, there's a couple reasons. One, you know, being a college, our kids play both ways. So we got to go against each other in spring and fall camp. Um, so it's great for our defense to be able to see that. Because uh, there's a lot of teams doing that, and even if they're not doing that, they're running inside zone, they're running RPOs off the inside zone, and because now we've installed it, we can give our defense a good look instead of just drawing cards. Um, yeah. You know, our kids working. We used to do that. We used to service each other and draw some cards. But heck, our zone blocking was not very good because we didn't practice it, so it wasn't a good look for the defense. And now, because it's a technique we use, we practice our defense is getting a good look. It helps them, and we can easily manipulate things and make it a spread formation or make it an RPO or something that we we may never run, but it's it's not too hard to do and give them a good look. Um, and so at least we're practicing something. And now now we can come over to run it in the game. 
and, and there's several reasons. Sometimes officiating can be a little uh, suspect and stopping, <laughs> you know, and you're trying to scoop that nose or whatever, and, and they're calling you for high-low or something. Well, now you don't have to cut on that backside to scoop. You know, you can zone it. You can still run your triple. Everything's not the same on the perimeter, except if you give the ball, you're giving it to zone instead of a blue block. And uh, there's been games where there were uh, to eliminate some penalties. Um, we can still run the triple option w- without having to always scoop and cut that backside guys in fear of a penalty call. Um, the other thing is, you know, some of it, the way we run it, we run it a lot with three back. It's kind of built in this direction. Because now, you you know, like I said, everyone's going to defend and try to play hard to our option because that's what we do. But if we get a give on that zone, it's coming out the back door. So it builds in um, a lot of uh, – a lot of misdirection to your offense. And it's a great change of pace. What we've found is if a team has kind of pegged in on us, maybe making some things difficulty, sometimes we jump in that and they probably haven't spent much time on that because they've spent the time. That's why they're being successful at our other stuff. So then that stuff pops, you know what I mean? And it gets us going, it gets us kind of gets a spark. And and a lot of times we initially will go back to our base stuff. Um, and, And I think there's a flip side to that. Those teams that, also, teams have to spend time on it. You know what I mean? We're spending time on it, basically, time that we used to service our defense. So it's not taking time out of our practice schedule, but the other team's got to spend time on it. Uh, and we, you know, we, that's our philosophy. We run a lot of formations. We shift. We run more motions than a lot of flexible teams. And, and we do a little bit of a gun. And that's all stuff the teams got to prepare for. And when they're preparing for that, they can't scheme you up a lot, you know, because they got to worry about all that stuff. They get them in a beast defense. We get a team into a base defense. We feel like we got a good chance to execute because they don't have a lot of stuff that they can throw at us. So there's several reasons that we. It's been a good deal for us um, being able to get in the gun and run some of that. Oh, that's awesome, Coach. Hey, um, one one other thing I I like what you were speaking about in Dallas um, was how how you organize your practices based on. Um, I, I guess you break your plays up into series, right? And then, yeah, we have to play families. Can you talk a little bit about that, like your your different families and how you, you know, um, you don't have to go into too much detail, but maybe um, how you structure your practices based on that. Sure. And we do pods, like a lot of flex phone teams do. We have that component too. Um, but what we do a little bit different, I think we probably do more things than a lot of flex phone teams do, but we don't have any more blocking schemes. We just probably do more stuff with those. So we're never afraid to add a play if it's part of our family. Uh, just for instance, for us, um, the veer, the inside veer is a play, right? That's the base play probably we all start with. For us, the zone dive is basically inside veer. With, we're changing two guys' assignments, you know what I mean? The play side tackle and the, the play side slot. Everybody else is running veer, so we put that in with our veer family. and We just change a little tag. We just tag it. We don't call it a separate play. It's just a tag. And then our same thing, our speed option. We veer block our speed option. It's just a tag. We pitch the read and we arc the, the pitch, and those guys are doing something different, but it's not different for our alignment. So those three plays are off of our same scheme family. We, we consider that one scheme. We don't really – so we talk about how many schemes we have, not how many plays we have. And uh, I'll tell my assistant coaches that all the time. I'm always open to new plays, but I don't want a new blocking scheme. And if we do need a new blocking scheme, we better be able to do multiple things out of it, and we're probably going to have to get rid of one of the blocking schemes we already have. We can add plays. We don't add blocking teams without really removing one. Um, so the, the the plays are in that. We have a way with our terminology that I probably won't come out and say that. <laughs> but, but we have a way that simplifies that for our kids. 
and, uh, and, and the biggest thing is a confused offensive lineman is a bad offensive lineman. Right. You know what I mean? We want to keep it simple from them up front. So if they know that this fits in the scheme, they know who to block against any front, the technique of how to block, and they know who to block, how to block, they can get off the ball and be physical. And, and then once they can do that, the skill guys will figure it out. They're getting the ball. You know, right. They're getting the accolades. We can teach them a lot of stuff. We'll keep it simple up front so those guys can be physical. And you guys have built in your pass game, too, with that family, too, as well, like your play yeah. action and stuff like that. Yeah, we don't, they're not necessary with the family, but we try to have a pass play for every of our major runs. Yeah. Um, we try, that's how we kind of select of how we're going to attack. You know, we, if we've got a play going, we've got a play action pass off the bottom. And it should, in theory, put the defense in mind how they're going to try to stop that play. So we try to make our passing game and our running game look very similar both when protection-wise and what, what's going on in the perimeter, for, for specifically with the wide receiver and the running backs. If we're faking a toss, we want those guys doing the exact same thing they're doing on the toss before we throw the pass, which might be um, a crack and a go and a, and, a, and a wheel route to make it look like it's an arc block. That simulates the crack and the arc block. A guy on pitch faking the toss now is going to run the swing. So those three – Guys, it's going to look the exact same for the secondary, whether we are throwing the pass or running the toss. And so then you get the action, you get it looking the same on the perimeter. You really put those defensive backs in a bind because, as you know, it's very hard to stop the option without incorporating defensive backs into the, into the fold. And then those are the same guys that got to play pass. So that's how you can get them in a bind. You got a good point there. All right, Coach, just a few more left here, and um, we'll let you run. Um, you guys uh, do a great job every spring hosting your ground strike clinic um, where any coaches can come by and uh, to your place and learn about your offense and, uh, and get kind of what they need. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we do that. The date changes from year to year because it's, we always want to do it with our spring ball. Um, and what we try to do is, is coordinate it where coaches can come. We'll have guest speakers, um, a couple guys from our staff. We'll, talk. And we'll, we'll usually have a couple other coaches. Um, college coaches and high school coaches speak, uh, all option-oriented type stuff. We usually have at least one speaker from a, a gun perspective. As a lot of people are doing that as well. But we'll, we'll have that, and then, uh, you know, we'll let a coach sit in on our position meetings, and we'll let them get out to our practice as well. And we always make it not just a scrimmage, but an actual practice so they can see how we do our pods and, and how we organize our practice and the things we're looking at. And we usually try to tie it in where you can get two practices. So you can either come up the day before, see a practice, or stay after the clinic and see a practice, or do both. You know what I mean? But, but we know some people, travel-wise, it's going to be better for them if they can catch it before practice or after practice. So usually a practice, a clinic, followed by a practice. All right, cool. All right, this last one here, Coach, you're going to kill me, man. Has anybody ever said you look like a skinny Rex Ryan? Yeah, that's funny. I, I'm glad you threw the spinny. They usually just say the Rex Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah every year our players, we had a, uh, like a talent show. And they, uh, one of the things they like to do is get a picture of, of someone and then compare them to someone. Yeah, well, yeah. Usually I get on there about three or four times. But one of them, you know, want me to make fun of me. But every year they got a picture of me. They'll show a picture of Rex Ryan, then they'll put up a picture. So I've heard that before a few times. Yeah. I'm watching Hard Knocks the other night on NFL. I'm like, holy shit! There's uh, there's Coach Coach Leaky, man. Yeah, I was I'm like, oh, that's Coach Ryan. Part, man. You made me feel good, man. You made me feel good. 
<laughs> hey, Coach, I appreciate uh, you coming on with us, man, and for all you do, paying it forward, uh, you know, as high school coaches out there, man. Uh, um, I, I, I really uh, am uh, blessed, man, to, to know you, and, 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 and I really, again, just, just uh, want to thank you uh, for coming on. I appreciate you, Tony. I appreciate you sending me that film I got today, too. I stole from people, you know what I mean? And we watched, and we watched teams every year, and then we look and try to package it to how it's going to fit out what we do and our, our team. And, and uh, so I, I'm, I don't got any secrets, but I'll pass everything we have on. And, you know, any high school coaches running this stuff, more than welcome to hit us up. And, and sometimes it takes me a little while. I get busy, but, uh, you know, I always keep those emails in my inbox. So at some point I will definitely get to them and, and get your questions answered for sure. All right, Coach. Well, take it easy, brother, and have a great day, man. You too. Thanks for having me. Go Greyhounds. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can download our podcasts at Apple iTunes. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good. And maybe leave us some comments about some things you'd like to hear in future episodes. Also, you can download it on the new Google Podcast uh, application and on Stitcher. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at run the triple on twitter our mesh point podcast has its own twitter page and that's at the mesh point again on twitter at the mesh point you can also find me on flexbonenation.com i run an option blog there we also have a forum where you can connect with coaches across the country and i've just added a new uh, section entitled podcast where you can download future episodes all right tony i want you to let everybody know how they can get you on social media all right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and you know we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch uh, catch that every Monday, eight o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter, so it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, MeshPoint gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.